Hello, and welcome to the Leading with Andrew show with me, Andrew. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show all about communication and the universal motivation to get better at it. So whether you are an established speaker or you are facilitating to top executives, or you just want to get better at articulating what it is that you want, I promise you an energized dose of tips and tools. Every episode, I bring you guests who are extraordinary communicators across several industries. So let's get into it. Monique Russell. Now, before we get started, Monique, I have to read this incredible intro. Monique Russell is a global communication skills advisor who teaches leaders and teams how to upskill and retain talent through strategic leadership development. Organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, and the world's busiest airport, Atlanta, I've been, I've been, Hatsfield Jackson International, trust Monique to guide them in implementing communication strategies that foster connection, community, creativity, and courage. Monique is the proud mother of two young men, a wife, and a CEO of Clear Communication Solutions, an international training, coaching, and consulting firm that focuses on confidently communicating from the inside out. Believe it or not, there's more. She is the author of The Ultimate Speaker's Guide and the book International Intentional Motherhood, Who Said It Would Be Easy, and the host of the Bridge to You podcast, Monique Welcome. Oh my God. I don't think I have been this excited to do a podcast, Andrew. You have brought the fire. I can't wait. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I think it's going to be really good. And just to build some context for everybody, we started a connection on LinkedIn and that's where we met and we started chatting and then we hopped on a call and we realized we've got a we've got a few things to say um and now it's manifested to you in dubai all the way from the states here in dubai in a podcasting studio in dubai off the tail of one of the most incredible conferences from what i've been seeing on linkedin and on instagram but before we get into that first tell me how do you juggle all of those titles author mother wife ceo oh my gosh okay it's not easy. It wasn't easy. But now I feel like it is. And, and I think that the whole aspect of juggling it all is for me to just be true to myself and be true to my core. Before, I was always stressed about, okay, I need to do this for my kids. I need to be the good wife. I need to da-da-da-da-da. But no, once I stay true to my core and I put myself first, then it's easy for me to put all those other roles in their respective boxes. I so like that. that's the strategy. Put you first. <laughs> <laughs> Put you first. You're, where you go, you will always be. But you may not have the role of, I don't know, a wife. You may not have the role of a CEO. You may not have the role of a, of a business owner or whatever it is. So if you put yourself as the center, you're the brand, then when one of those other roles shakes or wobbles, you won't crumble. And that's how you juggle the whole aspect of all the things that you do when you're doing them. I love that you said something there that is absolutely amazing. Key takeaway already. We have not even five <laughs> minutes in. I love it. Um, is wherever you go, you will always be. Say more. Yes. Okay. So like you said, I'm here in Dubai. I live in the United States. I grew up in the beautiful islands of the Bahamas. Mom's from the Bahamas. Dad's from Nigeria. And I actually just came back from East Kenya yesterday, right? And that was my first trip to Kenya. 
Where you go, you will always be there. Sometimes people are looking for an escape. They think that if you just change environments or change jobs or change countries that you're going to solve all the problems that you are running away from. But that's not true. You're there. So <laughs> we have to get honest with ourselves as individuals, as leaders, as you know, world changers. We have to get honest with ourselves about where we struggle, where we can improve, and what we are freaking amazing at. Just be honest. That's what I mean. What I do you think? That. What do you I think, know, absolutely. though? Absolutely. No, it's... We were talking about it earlier. Again, more context. When we were standing, I'm waiting to come in and use this beautiful studio about um, the, the roles and ways we try and fit in when we're really, really young. Um, and that can sacrifice sort of connection um, or can sacrifice authenticity. And I think that's really true is just be where you are, be present in the moment. And I think you're able to take up so much more in that space. Mm -hmm. You know what that just made me think of too? Uh -huh. Like the other day I had a conversation with a lady who we were talking about family constellations, right? And how so many of what we do, how we do it, why we do what we do, sometimes it's not even our own. So science and research just shows like up to three generations, you can pick up emotions and patterns and behaviors. And it was so interesting because I know that that happened for me in my business where I was really hesitant towards doing collaboration with people because I felt like, oh my God, they're going to just, you know, be untrustworthy. I would never have picked that up with how we, we've just come into Are a collaboration. That is insane. No, this was before. Okay. This was before with like different levels, different uh -huh. levels. Of course. But I realized I was picking up something from my grandfather oh, wow. because I, I, my first job was at 12 years old within my grandfather's office. I didn't know a whole lot about everything, but I knew that he had gone into a lot of bad business deals. Okay. And so when I really unpacked it and I went through coaching and all this other stuff and we were like, okay, well, why do I think they're going to mistreat me? Why do I think it's going to be a bad deal? Like really unpacking. I was carrying this emotion that wasn't even mine. Oh, wow. So then we have a choice. We get to choose once we're aware of, you know, why we do what we do. I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm, I'm trying to think when you were talking, there's one of the things, the emotions that I've inherited um, from my parents, particularly my mother. She's probably going to kill me for mentioning this on a podcast that's going to be broadcast to the world. But um, is she goes worst case scenario every single time where it's like every time an event or something comes up or we're traveling or she has to do something, we immediately go worst case scenario. Oh, you're driving at night? People are going to be drunk driving as well. <laughs> so you're probably going to die. So, I mean, she, <laughs> and I've picked that up and it served me to a certain extent, um, particularly when it comes to preparing for any speaking gig, for any, uh, any podcasting gig or anything like that, where I'm trying to think what could go wrong so that I can prepare for it. But it's so true. We really do inherit so much from our family. It's part of our DNA, right? Mm -hmm. At least you knew it, though. At least Absolutely. you're aware. <laughs> and not many people get there. Um, but I think what's also important is to know that at some point that would have served you and at some point it doesn't serve you. So having that awareness of exactly when to draw from that energy is I think what every coach really wants for their clients, right? Now tell me, when did you know that communication and leadership was the field that was meant for you? 
You want the real answer or you want the real answer? <laughs> we got time, girl. Okay. We got time. I was eight years old when I knew wow. it was for me. I was eight years old. That was my very first speaking engagement in front of 100 people in church. And actually around that same time, I was doing ballet. And I remember doing a performance. This memory is coming to me like right here. <laughs> and I remember doing this performance. Oh, my God, Andrew, there's so many things. And... In this performance, I had to do a cartwheel at the uh -huh. end. A cartwheel and then, ta-da, at the end, right? <laughs> now, we only had a certain amount of runway on the stage. And so as we backed up, the young girls and I, we backed up. I could tell that I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough space to okay. do it. But I had to make this decision. Either I'm going to do it and fall off the stage or I'm going to do it. <laughs> or I'm going to do it and it's going to be great. So I did it. I, I, you know, did the cartwheel. I landed. I did my ta-da. But as soon as I landed, I was like, <sighs> and everybody laughed because they knew they could feel the same thing that I was feeling. Intense. But then and there, I knew communications was for me. It was for me. And I continued that through all of my early elementary. I was in drama, performance. I would memorize my lines and everybody else's lines. <laughs> She's the understudy of the understudy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I feel like it, it called me. I didn't know right then, but through retrospection, obviously, introspection, retrospect, I, I know that that's what, that was my calling. And fortunately, my mom exposed me to a lot of different activities so that I could actually see what I was good at and what I was gifted at. That's brilliant. Um, when, you look, when you say looking back at retrospect, I think one of the things is it's the constellation of your life. It's all dots before the event takes place that connects all of it, right? And it's so funny that you went back to that event when you were eight years old and that's really where it, where it came up for you. I'm trying to think of like when, when was the first time I, re oh, the, the memories just come back to me as well. I was cabin crew and I was flying for Etihad Airways as cabin crew and we had this procedure of when a new crew member had finished or graduated from um, the training school, they would come on board the aircraft and they had to do two supernumerary flights where they're just observing. They're not part of the operational crew or anything like that. And whenever I had one of them on board, the way that I would show them the aircraft and the equipment and procedures, they would always turn around and say to me, mm, are, you a, are you a trainer? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just really passionate about aircraft. And um, eventually I had this opportunity. I, I knew I didn't want to go into safety or service training, um, but I had this opportunity to go into leadership development training. And I remember walking to the front of the room for the first time and talking about emotional intelligence with leaders who just want to be better. And that's when the penny dropped for me. So it was a lot later. I mean, again, looking back at the constellation of my life, it's always been there. And like you so beautifully said, it calls you. It really, really calls you. And I, it's, I remember yeah, watching that penny drop in your audience or watching that penny drop uh, with any time that you're facilitating with a group of leaders when they go, ah, that's what you mean is the most rewarding feeling for me. I don't know if you feel the same. I feel I feel it. Yes, I do. When my clients get it. Oh, man, because you know that from that point on, they have a tool. I don't remember what the quote was where um, it helped me out. Like uh -huh. once the mind is expanded, it can't go back to its original form. I don't know the saying, but I know, I've you know got, what I mean. I've got an, another <laughs> analogy for that, if you want. <laughs> Bring it out. So somebody explained 
and I don't want anybody to come and quote me on the exact science of it, but go with me here. We have, uh, I think it's 30 or 40,000 genes, up to 80. I, I'm confused on that number. And somebody said, compare them to light bulbs on like a Broadway stage. As the stage is about to sort of start or as the concert progresses, more lights come on to create an effect, right? So every time you go through a stressful situation um, or you learn something new about yourself, usually associated with an emotion, right? Um, one of these light bulbs is turning on, okay? But at some point, some of those light bulbs flame out, mm -hmm. right? And that's exactly how genes work. Sometimes genes are activated when you're in the womb and never activated Again, but when you go through something really stressful, a new gene is activated. So when somebody says to you, you are not the same Monique that arrived at this podcast studio, it's true. And what you were saying when we were getting ready for everybody watching and listening, when we were getting ready, we, we did feel a little bit nervous there, you know, getting onto the mic. And in that moment, we immediately become different people because we've some gene has expressed. I mean, that's not the science, so don't quote me on this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like neurologists or neurobiologists are going to come after me. But <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. So yes, the um, when you when you see it in a client's face, you were saying. Yeah, when I see it or hear it, I just feel so excited that I get to contribute to that awareness. You know, because for me personally. You know, you, you grow up and you think you know everything and you don't. You know nothing. And, <laughs> but it's almost like you're constantly becoming more aware of who you are as you develop. So I love the gene analogy. And I'm like, I'm just in, in awe that you could be so passionate about some topics that people would normally call mundane. First of all, how do you become passionate about aviation? <laughs> Hello, you know, but I digress. But seriously, when I see someone go through that awareness journey, I, I feel like it is the greatest gift that you can give to someone because, you know, as trainers, as leaders, it doesn't matter what it is. We're trying to get someone to learn a new skill or whatever have you. At the end of the day, the biggest thing is that mindset, that mindset, 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 mindset. So if there's some way that we can unlock or help someone to see for themselves, not not dictating, you know, not not dictating, not commanding, not let me teach you or even lecturing. Here's a big information dump, but getting them to, to transform in a way that they can embrace it and embody it and then do something with it. Oh, man. It's genius, I love that. right? And transform is the best thing. And this is what I say to um, any learning and development people that I interact with is stop trying to change things. Stop trying to change people. Transform. Because transform, you honor what has taken place and you bring parts of it with you when you transform and do something new. Whereas change is out of the old in with the new. So people don't realize that when you go through change, particularly, I mean, keeping it in the context of the podcast of speaking and when you speak for the first time and that change that you go through, a part of you really dies because you've stood up to this this challenge and you, you've really, you know, stepped into who you are. You said another beautiful, I think we're just going to be bouncing <laughs> off each other the entire time, but you said something so beautiful is, you know, you think you know everything when you're younger and it's great that you've got that confidence. I mean, I, I when 
young people come. I say young people. I mean, like I'm old. <laughs> we like young. I don't know about you, but young. I'm, young, I'm young, Andrew. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's put that into like you know when I see the tw- the young twenty year olds, I'm coming my way with ideas. I always say you have to surround yourself with people that don't think like you. That's how you expand. That's how you grow networks. That's how you learn. I mean, we had a a, a pre call on uh, online and i already learned so much from you in that moment and we were talking about artificial intelligence there you go and tiktok <laughs> and tiktok <laughs> <laughs> how much i've learned from tiktok and people go oh sometimes uh, tiktok's for the the gen z's and i'm like no the the more you learn to embrace it the more you're going to learn from there and i've learned so much about learning and development i've learned so much about public speaking and podcasting and things i actually learned about dubai podcasting studio on tiktok what? That's how I found this space. No way. Yes. So I um it's uh, there's so many things when it comes to just putting yourself out there and listening and leaning in. I mean, I sort of lost my train of thought there, but I want to know more about, you know, when you're talking about coaching leaders and working with leaders, talk to me about this conference that you have just come off of. It looked amazing. For those of you who don't follow Monique on Instagram or LinkedIn, you will because I will give you the details at the end of the show. You walked on stage dancing and you were talking to me through a little bit of what was in the prep for the show of, you know, you wanted the audience to really connect with the music or the song that you wanted to walk on stage with. And I mean, Let's talk about how you prepared for that and then talk me through the conference. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I got to make sure that I keep my passion in check because the energy is going to be on 15, okay? So for anybody (laughs) listening or watching, (laughs) let me just say, first of all, it was the International Women's Leadership Conference, and it was hosted by Ms. Ibukun Owoshika, who is a tycoon, a business tycoon, a luminary, a global leader. I was introduced to her from a colleague in Atlanta, who sent me a WhatsApp and, you know, hey, I think you should attend this conference. And this is somebody that, you know, we're in, in a similar space. I respect her. I took a look at it. I didn't really know much about, you know, in the conference or, you know, who she was. But when I watched one interview, I was like, okay, this 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 aligns with me. You know, I told you I'm from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. My dad's from Nigeria. I have a passion to facilitate connections among black cultures, to do business, to do knowledge share, the whole shebang. So I came, I came to the conference and, you know, I didn't really know anybody, but that would never stop me from going anywhere, Mm. obviously. And as I came, like prior to the conference, I registered and everything and I came there, I I signed in. But before that, they had a slot where you can submit your information if you wanted to participate. Now, this is a huge conference. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows me here. They don't know my background. They don't know who I am. I'm a first timer, a first time comer, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> so this. if you have a conference, I'm pretty sure you're not putting no first time somebody you don't know on your stage. Okay. <laughs> Let's just start there. Let's just be honest and real. But I came there. They said they had sent me an email, but it never came through after I registered um, with a lady said, you know, Oh, Monique Russell, did you get my email? I said, no, I didn't, get, I didn't get your email. What email? She said, I emailed you. You're speaking tomorrow. I said, what? I'm speaking? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic is what I said. That was the first word that said uh, came out of my mouth. But I will tell you what was in my brain was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what am I going to do? And 
let me just be honest, since we're being honest, I didn't even remember what I submitted, okay? So, <laughs> should, I, should I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even remember, so I was like, and I, and I looked back, because usually when I have a submission, mm-hmm. I, you know, make a note of that, I put it in my we're little one note. Come on! Absolutely. Like business people. <laughs> so I'm searching my one note, I'm searching my email, I'm searching like, okay, what did I say? Um, but anyway... The other thing was, Monique, do you even have anything stage worthy? Stage worthy. Yeah, I I plan to be in the audience. So I have what I plan to be in the audience. But when you're on stage, that's a whole nother thing. Okay, so just pause for a second there. You only found out you were you were here already. I was when, here, and then they told you when I checked in at the conference. Oh my! When I was walking you're speaking away tomorrow. Hello. Oh my god! Okay, Hello. there is a okay. okay. Hello. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hello, somebody. So, but this is the power of knowing your material, mm-hmm. being able to assess what the audience needs. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, let me break it all the way down here because I thought then, I said, you know what? I don't have something stage worthy. Um, I'm not a big makeup person, but I do know like if there's a huge event, makeup is a thing. Plus this is a primarily um, African audience. A lot of Nigerian women are in, it's a women's leadership conference you know, they like to bring the glam. So mm. there are some things that you want to make sure you have in place. I call, I tell my clients, like, there are distractions and there are things that will help you accelerate your resonance with your audience, right? So if you know that your audience is about glitz and glam and makeup, you don't have to be putting on 15 cakes of layers, but you could do a nice, <laughs> you, you could do something nice. Just You're, let it fake. Just, yeah, <laughs> you could do something nice. And then, of course, I'm here in Dubai. I understand my audience and, you know, the age generation, the different generations. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to choose something that's a, a long dress to the floor, but still a little a little shoulder candy, you know, something <laughs> to get a little flair. Something Monique. Yes. And so the the day before... Um, because of the conference, you know, there's a, a conference app, so you can engage on the conference prior to the conference, which is something I recommend everybody do be, to begin to build relationships. And because of that, I was able to get here and have meetings set up with people. So okay. someone I had breakfast with the day before happened to also be a makeup artist. Oh, so when joking. I found out at 11 p.m. that night, I was like, Hey, can you do my makeup tomorrow at 8 a.m.? And nine, she already had a whole full list of people. And when I got there, people were sitting down waiting. But she said, I can take you. I can squeeze you in 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm there. I'll take it. I'm there. <laughs> and you met her yes. through the conference app before the conference mingling with guests that would be there. I didn't know. I, I met the person who I was supposed to meet, uh-huh. through the, who I met through the conference app. I went to have breakfast with her and she had a colleague who was sitting there. That person I met the day before. Wow. Let me tell you the power of God and the universe. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. And so I said, I went back that night. I was like, all right, you're not going to be taking melatonin. Cause you know, whenever I travel in the time difference, sometimes I I have my melatonin. I got to get my deep sleep. It's a thing. Water and sleep is a serious thing. And so I said, no melatonin for you tonight, Monique. You're going to sit down and you're going to write this speech. I, I was given about seven minutes. And you know, Andrew, seven the shorter the, the message is, the harder it is to get it right. You give me 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or 30 minutes, I could just, yeah. So edit, 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 edit. Then we had to think about like what song we wanted to come into. 
And so I have all sorts of songs that I like, but again, I'm always about my audience. I know my audience, you know, consists of older, a lot of older African women. I know the Premier Gao song is something that I like, but it's something that they could also mm -hmm. resonate. So before I even speak, before I even open my mouth, I'm intentionally, intentionally setting an emotion of rapport and likability, right? Wow. And then, of course, I'm going to run up on that stage because guess what? I'm bringing the energy. If I'm just walking on the stage doing my thing, it's another thing. But the way you read my bio, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, let me give an example. You read my bio with so much energy and passion. I just wanted to start running around the studio. <laughs> so you brought a different set of energy. I've had my bio read multiple times. Some people have butchered it. Some people, it's monotone. It's just, it's like, get through it. Don't even yeah. read it. Don't even read it. Can we Let's just get out? it. <laughs> but running on the stage, not in marathon running, mm -hmm. but you know, just, just jumping on. I mean, I had to think about a lot of different things. Uh -huh. I have a long dress. I have steps. It's not like I'm coming up behind the podium. <laughs> So I got to get up there quickly. And then my time is starting the minute the music is, is, is playing. So you've technically only got like six minutes, 30 seconds. And I didn't even to... have that. Oh, wow. Because okay. it was cut short, shorter. Yes. So I got on there. I did my thing. I had a little glip, glitch in the beginning, um, but I, you know, kept it going, went right back on track. And it felt amazing. Talk. Okay. There is so much that I want to ask you about this. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So there's there's two things that I'm there's yeah two things I'm walking away with immediately from listening to that story, and that is the having RuPaul says all right, and then maybe should shouldn't mention that here, but anyway, um, if you are always ready, you never have to get ready. So when somebody asks you, oh, or says to you, oh, by the way, you're speaking tomorrow. Okay, great. I've got something as a baseline that I can use to immediately filter down, right? So you've got something that's always ready. You've, you've got something that's on the go as a speaker or as a, as a communications coach. And the next thing is, and I say this, it's, it's something I've been focusing on in my, my Instagram reels recently, is it's not about you. It's about your audience and what they're going to walk away with. And the fact that I think there's a method to how you prepared for that. And I mean, that's, you know, entirely personal and everybody prepares differently. But you looked at the demographic of your audience. You looked at exactly where you were located in the region. And you looked at the theme or the overarching yeah, the overarching theme for the event. And those three things, I think, would have driven exactly how you prepared the way that you did. Right. Brilliant. 100%. It's absolutely brilliant. But now talk to me when you say it was amazing. Oh, no, wait, no, there's still something else that I want to ask you. You said there's something about a technical or a glitch that happened. What happened and how did you push through that? <laughs> <laughs> so in my opening, I talked about the, you know, 30% of highly engaged people are leaving to start a business. I immediately polled the audience because I wanted to see how many people in the audience resonated with what I said in the beginning. And then my next statement was around, um, there comes a time in a woman's life when she knows she's ready for her next move. She doesn't know how, she doesn't know why, she doesn't know when, she doesn't know how, how, how. 
that was my my, okay. my, my glitch. <laughs> so I was supposed to go so how why went how why uh, ah, how why why when <laughs> it was like that may be a five second blip, but okay. it felt like a fifty thousand second blip. And I'm like, in the opening, Monique? <laughs> really? <laughs> Dang, could you at least wait in the middle? And you're having all of the, these <laughs> all thoughts while it's happening, right? <laughs> Real time. Because you know, the opening and the closing, that's where you go. So my opening, I felt like, okay, I had a little glitch here. And then the time was cut short, so I couldn't do the proper finish that I really mm. wanted. But I was like, nah, the music came on and I'm just going to increase my volume. <laughs> it's like you're accepting an award at that's the Oscar. And you just like start dancing. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So I, I, I moved in. I just adapted to whatever was presented to me and, at the time. And, and that was, I mean, that, that was really it. To be able to be placed on such a global stage. I'm talking about, you know, we have had the, 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 woman who owns the largest manganese mine in South Africa, from South Africa, largest manganese mine on the continent of Africa, sitting in the room. I mean, you have First Lady from Ghana oh sitting in the room. You, you have so many accomplished leaders, MDs, CEOs, you know, we had Professor Kandeep Mehta who, who led us through negotiation in the room. So many brilliant people to be able to stand there, even if it was for one minute, I was good. But to have a whole five plus minutes. That's amazing. Even better. That is incredible. Even better. One thing that I want to pick on over there is, so your time was cut short while you were on stage. It can happen, yes. right? The, uh, these are how events go. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's speaking um, and that happens where you've got this real big philosophical, emotional, impactful closing and you don't get to do it? Well, you have to have a close. You have to, <laughs> you, you, you have to have a close no matter what it is. It might be cut short, but then you go into something that would be memorable and you go into something that would leave them and you on a high, right? And encouragement always works. So if the last thing that you hear from me is that you're unstoppable, oh my oh God. Oh my word. Oh my God. <laughs> you're looking at me saying that and I think I'm you're saying? just like, she's in the stage character now and I'm like... <laughs> That's right. QC a music unstoppable. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to take on the world. Yes, oh my gosh. If I tell you that the power is in you. Yeah. Okay. So just we have to turn to camera for this because yes. okay. Did you see and hear for those of you who are listening what Monique did with her voice where she went you are unstoppable. You slow down. You made, oh, do you see how powerful the voice is? How yes. powerful this instrument is? Your, your ending was cut short, but you ended with that. And I'm sitting here feeling like I can take on the world right now. Exactly. And <sighs> did you see how he received the emotion? How he received the energy just from a slight shift? And this is exactly what we tell leaders all the time. It's not even just what you say it's how you say it people will hear the tone they will hear the energy they will feel what's inside of you and even if you say 
this is a safe space. <laughs> Don't get me started. If I had a dirham or a dollar for every time I've heard that, this is a safe space. But you can feel it, that mm. it's not genuine. So they can feel. People know. Your customers know. Your team knows. Your, you know. You know when you lie into yourself. You got the <laughs> affirmations on the wall and you know. You, if we can see your affirmation wall. I feel very attacked. Okay, Monica. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying the power of your voice, the power of intention, the power of aligning and always focusing on your audience. Like you said, it's not about you. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, they get mm. they they get stuck. It's not about you. And, oh, I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to it's about me, my song. And yeah, that might help you. Maybe if you're in the boxing ring, you know, okay. mm -hmm. and, and you need that song to pump you up so you could go in the ring and do what you need. But at the end of the day, it really is all about the audience. And I'm not saying put the audience on a pedestal, like they're here and you're there. No, you're going to find a commonality so that you're not feeling like a robot and you're not feeling fake and you're not feeling like I have to put on to be or to be received. I love that. I, it's, when people say to me, oh, I'm so nervous about going onto stage or I'm so nervous about getting in front of a camera, I say to them all the time, the moment you start, you know when you start focusing on the audience, when you're actually thinking about what you're saying. Because what a lot of people don't know when they get started is they're thinking about what they look like without thinking about what they look like. That's when you see the closed body language. That's when you see the, uh, you know, that really... Uh, where they're holding the audience up there, right? And I say to people, the moment you start with the most simplest tool is start listening to your WhatsApp voice notes. And people are like, what? Start listening to your WhatsApp voice notes. And they go, oh, but I sound terrible. And, well, newsflash, that's what you sound like to us. <laughs> okay. And they go, really? I said, yes. And then there's actually a science to why you sound different when you record it as to what you hear mm. coming up because of the, your facial structure and your vocal cords and the bass that is created when you hear it as opposed to what comes out. So the moment you become comfortable with your voice, then impromptu, get a phone, record yourself for five minutes, sit back and watch it with no sound. Then you're going to see the hands going everywhere. And then you're going to see the more you do that. I tell people all of the time, the more that you do that is when you start focusing on your message. And that's when you start focusing on what the audience is going to walk away with because you're not worried about what you look and what you sound like. Oh my God. Clap, 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 clap. Oh, standing, clap. standing ovation. Can I add to that? Can I add please, to that? Please, please. Oh my God. So that reminds me when I was teaching in the university, I taught for seven years public speaking. That was one of the courses in the science of communication that I was responsible for. And then I, I did the online course as well. And people would wait until the last semester to take the public speaking course. They wouldn't do it in person, but they would do it online all because of this big fear. So they thought like, I'm online. I don't have to see anybody. But one of the assignments was that they had to go find like three people, record and upload the file. And then they have to do video record. This is way before the pandemic and yeah. Zoom and all this other stuff. And so what would happen is people would submit and they would send a note and say, this, is, this took me 15 takes or, or it took me like nine times, which I love mm -hmm. because it got them to practice. It got them to be comfortable with themselves. 
many speakers do not listen to their speeches. They do not look back at what they have delivered because, and I feel that's the part of the self-awareness of being comfortable with who you are. Like, you know, the whole mirror exercise, like really looking into the mirror, saying that you love yourself, forgiving yourself for whatever you've done, like being one with yourself, confronting yourself. I think so many people are afraid to do that, that it hinders them. But if they if they are starting with what you said in terms of like using the voice recorder, first of all, I don't want to sound like I am just full of myself because I, I listen to all my stuff. And I, I listen to it and I'm like, I'm like, girl, <laughs> that was good. I was like, girl, you good. Like, like that was, okay. And <laughs> don't laugh. Do you laugh. know why I'm laughing? No, do you know why you I'm laughing? Because you do the same thing, Andrew. I do the Andrew. exact same thing. And also, do you know where? Mariah Carey listens to herself all of the time. And I'm like, well, no wonder she's still valid. No wonder she's still singing. She knows what people want. And she's clearly grown and her voice has grown because she's listening to herself. <laughs> You've got to do it. Yes. You've got to do it. Yes. Even the WhatsApp messages. Yes. I play them back too. <laughs> So there is no shame There's here. No shame. No shame. No judgment. But that, that that also helps you to build more love for yourself because you get to hear yourself. You get to see yourself. Because so many people are like, oh, I don't want to. My my nose looks this. My hair like my all of this thing. But doing this is building your self awareness. It's building your confidence. It's building. You know, I'm gonna switch here. Like that. Perfect. That that also makes me think of the imposter syndrome. Oh. Ooh. Oh boy. Mm. How much time do we have? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not a brain scientist mm. or whatever have you. But I feel, and this might be an unconventional view, but I feel like a lot of times when people are feeling like a fraud or they feel like imposter, I don't like the word, by the way. I think people should reject it. I think we should boycott the word okay. imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Done. Boycott. Who's joining the movement? Are you joining the movement? I'm in. Thank I'm you. In. So I feel like there is this thing that when whenever we do something that we're getting ready to do, we have that nervous energy, just like before the show. And you said, channel the energy, Monique, channel, channel the, the energy. energy. I said, I'm starting to feel nervous. I'm we're we're connected. Uh -huh. We're cool. We have a great relationship. But right before we got started, I started to feel that nervous energy. And so did you. And, you know, we, we worked each other through it. So that there's that. There's the human science emotion. There's brain science. There's physiolo physiology that goes on. If I'm in the safari and a lion comes to me, I'm not going to say I have imposter Here, kitty, syndrome. Kitty, kitty. <laughs> I'm going to be afraid. Yeah. So I feel like there, there's some confusion with, with natural normal fear versus saying that I am having imposter syndrome. That's the first thing I wanted to just bring out. The second I feel is maybe you feel like a fraud because you are one. Oh. Maybe you maybe you feel fraudulent because you are engaging in fraudulent behaviors. I know that that stings a little bit, so let me clean it up. Mm -hmm. So, here's 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 what I mean. For example, when we're talking about self-awareness, everything is interconnected. So, you want to go on vacation, but you say, hey, boss, um, my mom's sick and I need to take two, two weeks off because my mom's sick. You and I both know that that's not true. That's fraudulent, right? Absolutely. So, or you know what? You have visited a new country. Let's say you're in Dubai, you're in Kenya, you're in Japan, and you go to a 
I don't know, a, a museum or a attraction. And there's a fee for residents and there's a fee for non-residents. Uh -huh. And they assume that you're a resident and you pay the resident fee, but you know you're not a resident. That's fraudulent behavior. Absolutely. And so every little thing that we do, we think it's just innocent. We think it's just, oh, it's something. It's it's so easy to turn and close your eye and not be a person of integrity. It's very easy to not be a person of integrity. Absolutely. You have to work on it. So if we're engaging in fraudulent behaviors and everything is interconnected, it would make sense to me that you would feel fraudulent when you're simply trying to do something new. So we need to clean that up. The last point about imposter syndrome that I want to say is you cannot feel like an imposter for something that you've worked for, for something that you've invested in, for something that you've, you've spent time on. You went to school, you have a, a degree, you spent four years, you got your grades, you went to class. No one's going to come and tell you, oh, or you're not going to tell me that you feel like you're an imposter for having the degree you have. No, it doesn't make sense, right? So why now do we want to in adopt this oh, I have imposter syndrome. No, that's an excuse. You're hiding behind this term because you're afraid to confront yourself. You're afraid to listen to your, your WhatsApp voice notes. Mm -hmm. And you're afraid to be honest with yourself about where you are falling short, where you're doing well, or the fact that you're just stepping out of your comfort zone. Don't call it imposter syndrome. That's not what it is. I love that, just stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I... I saw something the other day which really struck a chord and aligns with very much what you're saying, and that is imposter syndrome, particularly when you're doing something for the first time, you probably are going to compare yourself. Um, and this is how comparison works, right? You compare yourself to the best of the best in what you're about to do for the first time, which is setting yourself up for failure, right? And when you compare yourself, that little insecurity is good if you channel the energy and you keep working at getting better at what you've just done for the first time. So yes, absolutely. Imposter syndrome, a lot of people use it to hide behind. Oh, I've got imposter syndrome. I don't want to do it. But it's like we were saying before um, the show, it's either it's I don't have time or I've got imposter syndrome or it's not a priority. Again, I'm going to take you right back to one of the things that you said at the beginning where you were talking about mindset. It's all about mindset. What are you choosing to hide behind? And we all hide behind something. That's what makes us who we are. I think it's the Jahari's window where yes. it's the things that people um, that you don't know and the outside world doesn't know. And then there's things that outside people don't know that you know about yourself. And that's wonderful. That's sacred. But don't hide behind anything and use that as an excuse to not get on a stage. Use that as an excuse to not get in front of a YouTube channel or on in front of a camera for a YouTube channel. Oh, my word. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm having the best time. This is this is this is absolutely incredible. Now, for let's stay with the the theme of imposter syndrome, and then I'm going to take you into our rapid fire. Um, what would you say to somebody who is hiding behind with the purest intent, not fraudulent, the purest intent, hiding behind imposter syndrome of getting in front of a camera or you know presenting to the the senior executives that's holding them back, what would be the first piece of advice that you would give somebody like that? Get more information. A lot of times 
um, what stops us is just a lack of information uh, something that we don't know. So when we feel stuck or we feel like it's too hard or it's overwhelming, a lot of times it's getting more information. Either you have to get more information or you have to, like you said, prioritize what it is that you truly, truly want. Get clear on what you want. Why do I want to speak? Some people say, I am going to speak and get on a stage and that's going to help me become confident. They try to do it reverse. Build the plane while it's flying. Right. And you'll get confident in your competence, in your delivery of presentations. But there are a lot of people who deliver very, very well and they don't feel confident internally. So you have to really get clear on why do I really want to do this? Like doing that five layers deep. Why, 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 the why, five why? Whys. Why do I want to get on stage? Why? Because it'll make me confident. Why will it make me confident? It'll make me confident because I don't feel like I'm worthy. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Well, I'm not getting attention. Okay, well, why are you not getting attention? I'm not getting attention because nobody's appreciating my work. Um, they don't see my value. I'm working 80 hours a week and they don't see my, why are you working 80 hours a week and they don't see your value? Well, because you got to work hard and you know, <laughs> you, you, you get the point. Oh, yes. You get the point. Oh, yes. So get clear on why it is that you really want to do what you want to do. And then if that's not the issue, then just get more information. When you have more information, it's like running a marathon. My husband ran a marathon. He, he ran a marathon once. He used to do half marathons, but he ran one full marathon once. And I'm like, you're never doing that again. Like eye vessels busting and you oh, look like, 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 you know, it's hard on the body, you know, like some wow. people, they seriously injured their, themselves doing marathons, but some people love it. Mm -hmm. So, but if you start to run that marathon and you don't have any information that maybe by mile 12, you're going to start to feel, you know, overheated or you you're probably going to get some blisters on your feet like all of that is normal so going in with that information it prepares you so you don't have to feel like that imposter or you don't have to feel that fear <laughs> i'm gonna quote you on that imposter yeah you don't have to feel it so getting more information just prepares us if i'm if i am starting a new company i'm joining a new company you're gonna feel nervous going in for the first time even if you've been a leader for 15 years or if you if you're starting your business for the first time there's natural fear but if you have information which you know, hey, for the first four to five years, actually, I had to tell someone this last week who wanted to start a franchise. For the first four to five years, your franchise will probably not turn a profit. But mm -hmm. if you can stick to it, if you can do these certain things by year four or year five, it's going to turn around. Then you're removing that fear. And when people start their new business, they start their new job, they start, you know, becoming a parent the information reduces that trepidation and then you're able to move better and plan and navigate better for whatever it is that you're I trying to do. That. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, we've got so many takeaways today, but I am going to shake things up a little bit Okay. to close um, with some rapid fire questions. Ooh, are you ready? Oh my God. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm you ready. You are so ready. I'm you ready. Were, you were born for this. <laughs> am I ready y'all? Am I ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Question number one, what is the one thing you learned through experience that had you learned sooner would have changed the course of your life? Finances, hands down. Love it. Oh my word, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Me too. 
three songs on your playlist and why you love them. Oh gosh, I K Bueno, which I learned in, in Zumba. <laughs> love it because it just pumps me up. Um, Burn a Boy, uh-huh. the fun <laughs> song. Um, and then I have a, uh, I forgot who the theme is, but it's called I'm in Control. Okay. So, and I love it because it just gets me in that Zen mood of I am in control. I let it go. I surrender. I love yeah. that. Love, love, love. Um, what do people get wrong about you all or most of the time? Ooh, they <laughs> think I am naive. Uh, oh my God. Really? Superpower. Yes. Look, people tell me all that. the time, even just last week, that I don't look my age. I look like a 20-year-old something, something, something. And imagine in 2008 when I was doing freelancing mm. and going to business meetings, imagine I probably looked like I was 15. <laughs> so I have been underestimated because of my age. They, they get that, okay, because mm. I look young. I don't know what I'm talking about until I start talking. So, I yeah. love that. Yes. And, and it is. You said it earlier. It's a super power it is. secret weapon. It is. Uh, number one travel hack. Oh, travel hack. Can I talk about more than one thing? <laughs> no, you've got only one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> travel hack. Water. Water. Flush, flush, flush. Love water, that. water. Drink lots of water. First thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing at night when you're in a new country to flush. Keep your body hydrated and flush out whatever you might encounter. Love that. Um Next one. I, this is probably my favorite one. Two more to go. You're on a private jet Ooh. and you can have three people with you, famous or not famous. Who are they and what are you talking about? Oh, gosh. Oh, I have Lauren Hill. Okay. I have oh Bob Marley. God, I love <laughs> Lauren Hill. I have Bob Marley and maybe I have Nelson Mandela. Oh, wow. And we're talking about the revolution. We're talking about Africa's comeback. Africa's comeback. Yes. You should copyright that girl. (laughs) Just saying. All right. Finish the sentence. Getting better at communication is? A lifelong journey. I love that. Because you never perfect it. Never. You never, ever, ever perfect it. And I think that's what people tend to forget sometimes is people go, oh, practice makes perfect. Doesn't make uh, perfect. It makes progress. Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love it. Practice Is that an Andrew progress? saying? No, I would love to take credit for that, <laughs> but I will not. I can't remember who told me. Oh, I know. Uh, when I was talking about when I first set uh, foot to the front of the room when I was doing leadership training, the consultant that we were working with at the time, she she had that um, saying. And I thought, Man, it, it just takes a little bit of pressure off yourself when you are doing something new for the first time. Yes. All right, Monique. Oh, I can't believe that this is what we have time for today. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start to say thank you so much for being on the first episode of the Leading with Andrew podcast. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you and just follow your journey? Yes, you can connect with me at any of my websites, MoniqueRussell.com. ClaireCommunicationSolutions.com. I'm on Instagram, Claire Communication Coach, but you'll find me mainly on LinkedIn, just like where we connected. Monique Russell, Claire Communication Coach. Amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. Well, there you go. Another episode on communication. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, connect with us on Instagram at Leading with Andrew. 